My name is Luna Casey, and welcome to the New England Ghost Stories podcast. The New England area is full of tales of haunted locations, legendary creatures, and stories of the just plain weird. So, whether you're into ghosts, lake monsters, or strange lights in the night sky, we are your home for all things paranormal. Legends have a way of growing and changing with the telling, and they may or may not be based on fact. Take the legend of Ocean-Born Mary of Henniker, New Hampshire. There are several versions of this story. This is the version I heard. In 1720, Captain James Wilson and his very pregnant wife, Elizabeth, were bringing Scottish and Irish immigrants to the New World aboard the ship, the Wolf. Still several days away from the Boston Harbor, Elizabeth went into labor and gave birth to a baby girl. Not long after that, the ship was boarded by a band of pirates led by Don Pedro. While relieving the passengers of their valuables, Don Pedro suddenly heard the crying of a newborn. He went below deck to find Elizabeth and her baby girl. Apparently, Don Pedro had a soft spot for babies. He asked Elizabeth what the baby's name was, to which she replied that she had not yet given her a name. Don Pedro then offered her a deal. If Elizabeth named the baby Mary after his beloved mother, he would do no harm to any of the passengers on board. She agreed, and Don Pedro ordered his men to return what they had taken from the passengers and depart the ship. His crew grumbled, but they withdrew. Don Pedro then came back with gifts, including a bolt of green silk brocade fabric, which he gave to Elizabeth and explained that it was for Mary's wedding dress. The wolf continued on to Boston. Unfortunately, Captain Wilson died not long after landing in the colonies. Elizabeth settled in Londonderry, New Hampshire with baby Mary, and she later remarried. In 1742, Mary married Thomas Wallace, wearing a dress made from the silk uh, given to her by the pirate John Don Pedro. The couple had four sons and a daughter. Three of the sons married three sisters and settled in Henniker. According to the legend, Don Pedro continued to be obsessed with Mary. Don Pedro was rumored to be a British nobleman when he wasn't out pillaging, and was granted 6,000 acres in Henniker. He had a large house built by his shipbuilder so it would withstand the harsh New England winters. When Mary's husband died, not long after the birth of their fourth son, Don Pedro invited Mary to move into the house as his housekeeper. Mary and her five children moved in and lived happily for many years until Don Pedro's 
pirate past caught up with him. One night, a visitor arrived to see Don Pedro. It was said that Don Pedro buried some of his pirate booty in the grove outside of his house, and the visitor wanted a piece of it. A fight ensued, and Mary arrived just in time to find Don Pedro lying on the ground with a pirate cutlass in his chest. With his last words, he begged Mary to bury him under the hearthstone in the kitchen. It's a great story. Too bad it's not true. The legend began in 1917 when Wisconsin native Louis Gus Roy, author of The Candle Book, and his mother moved to New Hampshire. They were looking for to purchase a home with history. He soon learned of how Mary Wallace had been born at sea and how the ship had been beset by pirates. He quickly purchased the colonial once owned by ocean-born Mary's son, Robert Wallace. Mary had lived in a different house, a mile away with her son William. But Roy didn't let a little thing like facts stop him. He invented a fascinating story of Mary and her pirate benefactor, buried treasure, and a haunted house. Roy furnished the house with antiques that he claimed belonged to ocean-born Mary and proceeded to charge visitors to walk through. He told colorful tales about Mary Wallace's ghost, which his mother claimed to have seen many times. He also enlisted his mother to dress in period costume and demonstrate colonial activities, such as spinning and candle making. Colonial Williamsburg, anyone? Roy went through a lot of trouble to create his haunted house. He created a phantom rocking chair, claiming that it had belonged to Mary, which of course it didn't. He placed the chair above a loose floorboard that extended the length of the room. During his tours, he would shift his weight on it from the other side of the room, making the chair rock. Roy even rented shovels for 50 cents and invited people to dig for buried pirate gold in his back garden. Also, according to the legend, one of Mary's hobbies was painting, and she created an American Eagle painting that hung over the front door of the home. Also, she was said to have painted the landscape murals that decorate many of the rooms. But did she? Really? Can we believe anything that Gus Roy said about the house? He probably bought them at a starving artist sale. Somewhere along the way, the legend grew into a Halloween ghost story. Supposedly, on Halloween night, Mary's spirit rises from her grave in Henneker's Center Cemetery and rides in a horse-drawn carriage to the fake Oceanborn Mary house. Many people claim to have seen Mary's ghost and describe her as having red hair 
and as being about six feet tall. Mary has also been reportedly seen near the hearth she tended carefully after it became the final resting spot of Don Pedro. In the early 1960s, the house was sold to David and Corinne Russell. Gus Roy, who was an invalid by this time, continued to live on in the house. The Russells themselves had enough paranormal experiences to seek the help of the father of modern ghost hunting, Hans Holzer. Holzer investigated the house twice, the first time with a psychic recommended by the Russells. Suspicious of the data collected with this visit, he returned with his own psychic, Sibylique, who he'd worked often with. Instead of making contact with Mary Wallace, Sybil channeled the spirit of a servant girl, Mary Deegan, who worked for a woman named Mary Birch, who had apparently stolen money from another pirate named Johnny. Frankly, this story sounds more interesting than the one Gus Roy invented. Roy reportedly confessed on his deathbed in 1965 that he had fabricated most of the Ocean-Born Mary story. So what is the true story of Mary Wilson Wallace? Well, Mary was born aboard a ship, the Wolf, in 1720, so she really was ocean-born. Also, her life was spared by a pirate, although his name probably wasn't Don Pedro. According to pirate historians, there were no known buccaneers by that name until much later. There was, however, a likely suspect in John Bartholomew Roberts, a.k.a. Black Bart. But it's unlikely that he obsessed over Mary and followed her to New Hampshire. He was killed off the coast of Africa in 1722. Mary's father, Captain James Wilson, did die soon after they landed in Boston, and his widow, Elizabeth, took Mary to Londonbury, New Hampshire. Elizabeth married a second time to James Clark and died about 1732. Ten years later, Mary Wilson married Thomas Wallace on December 18, 1742, reportedly wearing a dress made from the green silk brocade given to her by the pirate captain. Swatches of material can be seen in the museum at the New Hampshire Historical Society in Concord, at the libraries in Londonderry and Henniker, and even in a museum in Washington, D.C. Local historians verify that she was actually six feet tall, with red hair. Mary and Thomas Wallace did have a daughter and four sons, Elizabeth, Thomas, Robert, William, and James. Mary lived a full life with her husband in Londonderry until his death in, on October 30, 1791, at the age of 81. In 1798, she moved in with her, hus her son, William, in Henniker where she stayed 
for her final 18 years. She died at the age of 94 in 1814 and is buried in William's family plot at the Center Cemetery in Henniker. She never lived in her son Robert's mansion. If that house is haunted, it was probably not Ocean-Born Mary. Thank you for listening to the New England Ghost Stories podcast. New episodes are added every other Friday. New England Ghost Stories is written and produced by L.B. Kirkwood. Music by Vyacheslav Dragunov. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find the New England Ghost Stories podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or at your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. And if you have a story that you'd like to see covered in an upcoming podcast, you can leave a comment on our website at newenglandghoststories.com or on our Facebook page at New England Ghost Stories. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Luna Casey.